and cage fight. Someone's gonna steal the Declaration of Independence. Steal the Declaration of Independence. Treasure of the Ninth Templar is the treasure of all treasures. Oh, I didn't know that. Really? Oh yeah. Long journey, says Reese, because he's a spoiled American of the modern day. Yeah, it's fine, Steve. I just, I'll have to clean the place. It's a disaster. Yeah. But uh, just give me a heads up, because I kind of have to do a little bit of um, prepping. I am a prepper. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Doomsday prepper. It'll be like August. You're a prepper? Hi, prepper. I'm a prepper. Where are my notes? Doomsday Where are my prepper. notes at? All right. So this is Late Night Cage Fight Season 2. This is the first episode of uh, this exciting podcast where we are watching as many Nicolas Cage movies as we can in a lifetime and discuss them and rank them and battle over them. Um, if you didn't know, last season the big winner was Birdie, fan favorite, animal favorite. We just keep coming back to it. Birds are us. I just, I'm out of jokes. <laughs> I'm out of jokes for Birdie. I feel like we've hit everything we possibly could so uh maybe we should just act like it actually is a great movie well i apparently we think it is it is uh, <laughs> our sponsor this week is uh wild wild birds unlimited uh for all your bird feeder needs no don't jump for no don't jump for thank you sean yes that was uh sean our previous uh cage lord happy to have you now for multiple podcasts. Thanks for happy out. to be here. Great. Yeah. I'm Reese. We also have Kevin and Steve, and uh, we're all from Ohio, even if we're not all in Ohio. And we're just watching Nicolas Cage movies, man. First season was kind of us going through the movies and then having the cage fight as the season finale, but uh, we're kind of changing the format this time, and every episode is going to have a battle. And a winner. So, for this episode, we are battling Peggy Sue Got Married and Raising Arizona. Exciting, right? Yeah, that's, that's a word. That's a word. That's a word. I had seen Raising Arizona before a couple times. Um, I think I first saw it when I was a teenager. Peggy Sue Got Married, I never even, I had never heard of that movie before this and uh now i've watched it twice but before we talk about the movies today steve are there any nicholas cage updates there's not a lot but not a lot. we did find out that uh next new movie color out of space yeah um there's actually a, a a dialogue that he gives while doing a handstand so Ooh. even in his old age he can still be as ridiculous as he was when he was a teen that's what I'm talking about. I mean, we're expecting some quality cage in color out of space. It was, I think, produced by the same studio that did Mandy. So it should be pretty rad. Uh, speaking of color out of space, I did a little bit of research. Apparently, it's only playing in around 80 theaters nationwide. Uh, I think the only one in Ohio I saw was Cleveland. So it may be up Good. to one of you guys to go see it and kind of 
yeah, just one of us see it, and then you just like explain it to uh, us or something. I want to be. I wonder which. I wonder which one it would be. I'd go see it with uh, Sean. Yeah, you Let's guys can it. go see it together. Make it a date. Yeah. But oh yeah. I won't be able to see it. I confirmed it's not even coming here anytime soon. So. We can we can bootleg it a little bit. You know, film a little. Uh... On our iPhones. That would be you awesome. Know the guy. You could probably get up oh, shit. I don't have an iPhone. Do I have to get an iPhone for that? Yes. Maybe. Uh, if you care about me. Done. Done. And you, and yeah. you know, it, you'd be kind of a dick if you didn't get the, uh, the 11 uh, S Max because, you yeah. know, it, picture quality is important. Triple oh, yeah, lens. yeah, you're right. Oh, mm -hmm, mm. Yeah. yeah. So Done. pony up that 1200 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. And you can find more information on all these products and more on uh, apple.gov. Uh, was <laughs> Net? Oh man, Colorado Space, I'm so pumped for it. So pumped for it. So let's talk about our first impressions of these movies. Peggy Sue Got Married, 1986 feature film. Who wants to talk about their first impression. I honestly went into both of these movies pretty blind. I didn't. I, I had heard of Raising Arizona, but Peggy Sue got married. I the only thing I had heard of that was the song, actually. Right. <laughs> Which did, was the song actually made for this movie, or did they just name it after the song? I believe they named it after the song. Clever. Yes. Cool, cool. I, you know, my first impression was it's kind of like a Valley Girl. I don't want to say like Valley Girl Reborn, but there were a lot of Valley Girl. No, it was it was like Valley Girl meets Hot Tub Time Machine. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Excuse me. What color is Michael Jackson? Black. <laughs> yeah, I also felt like. It was maybe the unofficial prequel to Vampire's Kiss, and that's uh, judging by Nick's character, how he decided to play that character. There's also a scene where he uh, pretends to be a vampire. Which is basically all of Vampire's Kiss. <laughs> uh, how else did I feel about it? I don't know, man. There's there's just a lot to unpack with Peggy Sue Got Married. It was so different uh, thematically. A lot of things happening. Let's just get into it. I'm going to hit it now with the Nick List. Nicolas Cage gets the first shot of the movie where, as part of a TV commercial, he opens a fortune cookie and says, What? Next week, we'll be selling Sanyo remote control VCRs for $299. Look, it's Dad. Oh, no. I'll go broke. <laughs> You'll give away Mr. VC giant screen television sets for $1,299. Oh, no. Teen Nick Cage picks up Peggy at her house in his spiffy comfort... Com com I wrote... I wrote, uh, comfortable... I, I meant convertible. It was, uh, blue Impala, I think, and and says, Oh, you got a headache? Headache, huh? Before driving like an idiot. And then when they get to school, he tells her, 
Yeah, I think this music's going to last three years. So after graduation, let's just see some other people, do some comparison shopping, then get back together and get married, yeah? How could you forget? We talk about seeing other people and you forget. <laughs> Nick Cage goes to visit Peggy Baby at night. He points to a cutout photo of his idol. What was that guy's name? Fabian. And says to himself, Charge me. Feed me. Feed me. Charge me. Nick Cage surprises the audience with a performance by his a cappella group, The Definitions, including Jim Carrey, with the awful singing, gyrating, and repeating an Italian racial slur. Steve, remember that? No. No? All right. There was an Italian. That's weird. I don't even know any of those. Oh, okay. Uh, Nick Cage dances with Peggy Sue and says to her, I love dancing. Did you know the first dancing was for rituals? Fertility rights? Rituals? Fertility rights. I bet you money that that line was completely unscripted and totally Nick Cage. And then, oh yeah, and then he goes, with really bad ADR overdub and starts making out with her like crazy. Oh man, I got a lot for this necklace, man. Bring back all the best parts for me. Peggy Sue comes on to, to KG Boy in his car and says, Doesn't Lucky Chucky want to come out? You're throbbing. You're thrill hammer. He says, You mean my wang? You mean my wang. <laughs> 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 Nick Cage climbs through Peggy's window at night while she's sleeping, grabs a pillow, and motions as though he's about to suffocate her to death, then changes his mind. He tells her he has to talk to her in the basement right now, suggesting that he's probably going to murder her and dispose of her body down there. Nick Cage reminds Peggy Sue, no one does this to Charlie Bodell. I've got the eyes, I've got the hair, I've got the teeth. Look out that window, I've got the car. I'm the lead singer, I'm the man. Why are you arguing with me? That's all I got for the Nick list, but man, what a list. I mean, that's basically the whole movie summarized right there. Yeah, I mean, Nick scenes, for sure, but there's a lot more to the story and the plot. And uh, Sean, would you like to give a brief summary of Peggy Sue Got Married? Sure. Yeah, so uh, basically the movie starts out with uh, Peggy Sue and is it her daughter? Yes. I was, okay. Helen Hunt. I was a bit, yeah, I, I was a bit unclear about that because they both look around the same age, but yeah. So, so Peggy Sue is uh, recently divorced, and they are going to their high school reunion in the town that they live in. Um, Peggy Sue seems kind of depressed uh, since she sees a lot of her former, her former, uh, you know classmates right. being married having kids and she kind of feels like her life is not really all there uh, 
and Nicolas Cage's character, he's known on TV as kind of like a, what was it? They own like an appliance shop or something. Right. Yeah. 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 Crazy Charlie. And yeah. Crazy Charlie. He's, he's known as kind of like, you know, the, that kind of guy on TV with the wacky commercials, slashing prices and yeah. stuff like that. Uh, and, and he walks in and, uh, so some stuff happens and Peggy Sue finds herself traveling back in time to where she was a teenager. I don't remember actually how how that actually happened. What was the <laughs> She fainted. Yeah. She was wearing her high school prom dress or something and uh, she erotic what is it? Uh, asphyxia erotica or something like that. Uh, auto-erotic asphyxiation? Yeah, that's it. Is that is that it? That's what happened to her. Oh, she went back and, yeah. Steve that's why it, people man. do it. Oh, man. It, it is speculated that the prom dress is a, uh, a TARDIS from, from Doctor yeah. Who, uh, but this is, this is unconfirmed. I was definitely, I was getting some Donnie Darko vibes from this movie. Mmm, yeah. Mm, yeah. <clears throat> It's this good... may this may sound strange, but for some reason I get kind of like a, a Back to the Future 2 vibe. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, if you want to bring Back to the Future up, I believe Back to the Future came out the year before. Based on this? Oh. The year before this movie. And there's a scene where Peggy is talking to, I think his name is Richard Norvik. Who is the character who um, was kind of the quiet nerd in the past in high school? And um, at the party, you find out that he's actually become like a millionaire. And uh, when she goes back to the past and she's talking to him, she reveals to him that she has come from the future. But she says, okay, it's almost 40 minutes in exactly. Peggy says to him, I have come here from the future. But if you watch her mouth, she actually said in that scene, I have come back from the future. <laughs> and I'm I'm pretty sure they, they changed that to avoid lawsuits. <laughs> yeah, that... Uh, but yeah, um, you know, I don't know if it was a trend at that time, if there were other uh, time travel movies happening that... I just can't remember or I'm not aware of, but yeah, definitely. It's, I'm sure Back to the Future came out first and was so successful. And, um, you know, Francis Ford Coppola was just like, I, I should make a, I should make a time travel movie and uh, I'll put my uh, nephew in it. Uh, hey, Nick, <laughs> Nick, would you like to be in my time travel movie as the, uh, the hunk? Yeah, yeah, I would like that, uncle. Okay, it's it's done. I'll I'll get to writing, and that's the story of uh, Peggy Sue got married. Yeah, I'm sorry for interrupting. I've had a lot of coffee by this point. Uh, I haven't had enough. So yeah, did more. you did you get to the part where she goes back in time because of uh, yeah. autoerotic asphyxiation from her prom dress? Yes. Okay, that's mm -hmm. that is a joke, by the way. We don't we don't know what caused. The manic episode. Uh, Steve knows. 
because Steve is that. familiar with how that goes down. But I'd yeah. most of us. I think don't. very very popular astrophysicists have uh, written papers uh, and dissertations on this topic. Um, when you orgasm, you you actually can uh, displace your uh, molecules through throughout the time yeah. space continuum uh, in theory. So, that I remember yeah. that was in uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson's Cosmos. So I saw mm-hmm. that episode. Having sex in space. Yeah, I think that was uh, season uh, four, episode six. Yeah. If, if you guys want to go look that up. Fact check that right now, mm-hmm. Politico. Uh, so she goes back in time, and she's suddenly around. She's back in the school, right? It's like a blood drive. And uh, did you you did mention that she's going through a divorce, right, with the Nick Cage character, mm-hmm. and that's why she didn't want to go to the prom because she knew. Well, no, I guess he he must have agreed not to go because she didn't yes, expect to see him. So. He shows up. She be she is the uh, reunion queen, and she faints. And when she wakes up, she is back in time at the school, and so is Nick Cage, Charlie. But he is a much different character. The way he looks, the way he talks. And I thought it was kind of strange because uh, the way that he was acting, I, I thought was a lot different from a lot of the characters that you know he normally portrays. But I guess mm-hmm. like since, because he almost comes off as a little bit of like a nerd. Yeah. Yeah. But like a nerd guess- trying to be the the jock. The popular guy. It's just so Nicolas Cage, too. It's almost like Uncle Uncle Francis just said to him, look, Nick, stop with the James Dean shit, okay? Just be mm-hmm. yourself. Be yourself. Well, you know what he did, though? Did you notice his teeth? He was pretty proud of them. They were fake, man. He <laughs> wore these ridiculously fake teeth. And then the way he talked, I, I actually looked it up in an interview. I don't know if you know this, but what, what's the actress's name <clears throat> who plays Peggy Sue? Kathleen Turner. Uh, Kathleen yeah. Turner. Yeah, That's right. <laughs> Apparently, she was really upset by the way Cage played that performance. The way he talked, his voice specifically. And I guess, yeah, I guess on set, I see, I don't have the article in front of me, but I read it last week. She asked him to, to not talk like that. And he wouldn't, (laughs) he he wouldn't stop. He's like, this is my character. And then years later, she wrote a book. I think it was a memoir. And she wrote in there that Nick Cage was arrested for stealing two dogs or something. And then he sued her. So they have a history of basically um, hating the living shit out of each other. (laughs) So, (laughs) what you're saying is the actress that Peggy Sue and Peggy Sue got married would happily go back in time and change things in a new movie called Peggy Sue Got Sued. (laughs) Dude, it's like Valley Girl 2. Remember? The same shit. Happened with the the lead actress. Except he was writing her. He was writing her love letters, and she was creeped out by it. 
Yeah. In this one, he's like, no, I'm going to talk like this because this is how my character talks. Okay? And yeah. you can um, either get over it or not. And it's so bizarre that uh, I believe this movie is kind of a cult classic today, much like Valley Girl is. <laughs> um, but at the time, this movie w was actually well regarded by critics. And she was nominated for an Academy Award for this performance. And, but I'm not saying that that's bad because I actually, when we get, when we talk about the acting, I thought she was, she was great. Um, so I don't yeah, want I thought to, she was pretty good. Yeah, she was great in that role. It's just the other elements of the movie and Cage's character that sticks out like a friggin' sore thumb. But yeah, so let's uh, yeah let's sum this up here. She goes back in time. Um, yeah. Her goal is to once she realizes she's back in time, her goal is to not not sleep with Big Dick Nick. <laughs> <laughs> but no matter how hard she tries, she even hooks up with like the 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 poet guy that all the girls are in love with. Yeah. And in the end, she still just can't resist. I... <laughs> the only thing, hey, the only deal breaker there was he wanted to go to Utah. That's right. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. I've... I don't know. I don't know if it was just Utah. I think she was also realizing that she just... Oh, no. The reason why Utah me. was... The reason... The, re the real reason was he said, uh, I want to get... <laughs> I want to go to Utah because uh, polygamy is legal there. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I I just want to turn her off. That character really threw me for a loop because when Peggy is at the dance at the beginning, he's she says she sees the photo of him. He's a track star, right? So his yeah. photo's on the wall, and she says, "You know that uh, Michael Michael." Uh, Fassbender, I don't remember his name. Um, Fitzsimmons. Fitzsimmons. <laughs> Fitzsimmons, that's like the only guy in high school that, you know, I really desperately just wanted to have sex with. You know, he's the only boy in high school I wish I'd gone to bed with. <laughs> only one. Well, besides Charlie. So she goes back in time and she she tries, but when, when um, and she does, but when she meets him, of course, she already knows this, but as an audience, I thought he was like a jock. But this dude turns out to be this really weird beatnik writer. He wants to be a, a drama poet. Kid, yeah. He's like an, a loner drama kid incel type person. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, man, that's not how I thought this character would be at all. You know, he's like, I want to read some poetry to you when they have their little scene together out in the, the campsite or whatever. And. What does he say? He has some line about uh, rat puke. It's called tenderness. I couldn't sleep, so I thought I'd scream. Betrayed by a kiss, sucking pods of bitterness in the madhouse of Dr. Dread. Razor shreds of rat puke fall on my bare arms! What is this guy? What is this guy trying to do? And then it comes out later. Yeah, I want to move to Utah, and uh, you know, you can meet my other wife, and we'll just have a good time. <laughs> and the other crazy thing is, guys, when you watch Peggy Sue got married, 
back-to-back with Raising Arizona, the last line of Raising Arizona is Nick Cage talking about moving to Utah. <laughs> There's some crazy parallels happening. I don't know if you remember that. But, but yeah, anyway, Sean, please, I will pass the ball back to you. Yeah, so she's well, meeting people. What what else is she doing while she is? Well, first of all, back I think we to the future. Say, I think we should just say, Peggy Sue fucks. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. All right. She does. All all of, all of the actors. It was hard to believe that they were supposed to be in high school, but um, especially her. That was, yeah. I, I think that was a trend for the time because I was just looking the other day about uh, somebody commenting on the same thing of Greece. They were like, how was I made to believe that these were yeah. high school kids? True. Yeah. Good point. Yeah, they, they all looked like they were in like their 40s. Yeah. I That's think it's because of all of the directors that had, you know, rules that you had to have plenty of movies in every high school movie. And not yeah. being allowed to do that with kids. Little Plen- boobies. Plenty of them. Plenty of them. Well, what was it? Uh, was it Valley Girl that you had to have at least four movie scenes? Yeah. That's, that uh, was our conversation. I remember that. Yeah. We didn't get any, though, in this one. That's true. I was expecting some, but uh, it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. So after, after she sleeps with Mr. Poet. Yes. Mr. Fitzsimmons. After smoking marijuana uh, in the field doing the devil's work. Which, by the way, did you catch that line? She actually got that marijuana from her daughter in the future and brought it back from the future. Yeah, so I was like, man, she's a cool mom. But, but smoking that that inner uh, you know interdimensional marijuana would would that like fuck with the time space continuum or something? Like would that get you more high because? Oh, no. of, like, maybe that's maybe that's, that's what really led her back to the future. Oh, I'm sorry, back <laughs> to the yeah. not past. Yeah, we don't want to get sued, man. Is it implied in the movie that um, Michael wants to move there? To Utah because polygamy is is legal. Yeah, that's what he said. I don't. It was that supposed to be funny? No. I think it was a it was, it was a play on the fact that the entire reason she's getting a divorce is because Big Nick Nick cheated on her. Ah, uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Good point. And that was her whole issue with him all along was the, what the fact that he wanted to go fuck other girls. Yeah. So then there's a spinoff uh, TV show. Uh, my my five space wives, my five time wives. That would be good. Days of our time yeah. li- time lives time wives. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. What else does she do? I mean, she does a lot of uh, generic. Hey, I'm. In- you know, I gotta give her credit though, because what do you always say when someone asks you, "What would you do if you could go back in time?" Like you 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 say, "Well, I would try to." probably hook up with this person. Um, I know about different music that's going to come out, so I would try to just like write that song before the other band does. And she gives a Beatles song to Crazy Charlie. She loves you, yeah, yeah. 
And then she gives all of this scientific innovation to the Richard Norvik nerd character so that he can become, I guess, even richer. It's it's weird because I felt like when those those scenes where she's talking to him felt like um, he was going to become a villain or something. He's going to yeah. become, we already know that he becomes smart enough to be a CEO of some company and write science books or whatever they are and become a millionaire. But it's like, now you're giving him even more information. So is he going to become like a super villain? Is she going to go back to the future? And sorry. And, uh, <laughs> and he's going to be, he's going to be like the ruler of the planet. That's what I thought. It was just kind of odd to me. I guess the whole point, it culminates to... I guess you're a true villain. The end of his arc is uh, after he's been working on all of this new science stuff that she's given to him. Like, he's the only one who believes that she's actually from the future. Then he wants to marry her. And she's like, no. Peggy Sue got married. Wink, wink. That's the end of the story. Okay. Not marrying you. And the title of the movie. Yeah, it was the way of getting that. Clever. Mm -hmm. We're skipping over some scenes where uh, she's just kind of blowing off Nick Cage, his character, because you, uh, you know, you know, you understand that in the true timeline, she pretty much did whatever he asked. She was just so smitten over him, and this is now her opportunity to show him that maybe she just doesn't need him. And so there, there's a scene where he's singing with his acapella group, like I mentioned before. With Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey, yeah. Jim Carrey has... That surprised me. Yeah, man, what a... At the Why beginning. I oughta. Why I oughta. Did you ever figure out what movie that's from? I did. Do you know? No. I did. It's from Three Stooges. Yeah, it's from the show. That's what uh, Mo said, I think. Well, there is the scene where... And we, and we kind of touched on it a little bit, but... Uh -huh. Um, they get into that fight. Uh, oh, and Peggy Sue tries to whip the long dong out. Yeah. Little, little Charlie. Yeah. I mean, just wang. Yeah. She's trying to get that, that, uh, time wang. Uh, and then, yeah, Nick, uh, tries to, uh, murder her and, yeah. uh, changes his mind. Yeah. Um, not no. concerning at all. That, that's right. a person that you should get married to. Yeah, literally. Gosh. Now, I I really didn't understand that at all. I I believe that that was completely improv. <laughs> he thought it would be funny, or he genuinely thought this would work for his character to act like he's about to suffocate his girlfriend because she broke up with him. Uh, I'm pretty confident that during the editing process, Nick actually like watches all of the scenes. Because, you know, I mean, obviously it's a movie. They, they do multiple cuts of this, and sometimes he's just digging around because it's Nick. And I'm guaranteed that he's sitting in the editing office like, leave that in there. That'd be funny. That'd be funny. Leave that in there. Just, just cut straight to that. Yeah. So you're saying he probably does all kinds of hijinks. Throughout the yeah, shooting. I, I guarantee he does it throughout. Like there are numerous scenes where he does ridiculous shit that doesn't make it into the movies. Yeah, he convinces them every once in a while to leave one of them in, or he just doesn't give them any other opportunity. Man, that's that's like, a really. They're, they're on the tenth take. And they're like, Nick, we don't have the budget for this shit. Well, 
I think the the editor theory is a good one because they could always they could have just cut it out. Right. So yeah, maybe he was in the editing room and the guy's like, "Damn, we got it. That's weird. We got to cut that out." And he walks in. He's like, "Don't you dare!" My uncle directed this shit, and I want him here. Like, all right, he he has George Lucas executive power in the editing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. So. But he definitely didn't use his name at all to try to, you know, curry favor at all. But basically, basically what happens is Peggy Sue decides that she's going to go back to her time. That she's done. We have to go back. She's done dicking around in the past. She's had enough of that. She wants more rights. So she's going to go <laughs> to the future. She wants to own property and vote. Yeah. I mean, who wouldn't? And uh, But before that, she wants to visit her grandparents who um, you know I, we get the impression have they passed away long ago in the present time so it's, it's it's really interesting these scenes this whole part of the movie where she meets with her grandparents they kind of believe her because they're just like well we're old we believe anything at this point and then her she goes with her grandfather to what is supposed to be a Masonic temple it's so weird. It's like they're making fun of the Masons, is what they were doing. Yeah. It's a secret society, yeah. right? I thought that was really what they do. <laughs> you know, there's there's a, a Masonic temple pretty pretty close to where I live, and uh, yeah, well, they are probably not. They, they don't this. send women into the future. Yeah, they do this ritual to send her back. It doesn't work because in the middle of the ritual. Crazy Charlie comes in with a burlap sack or whatever it is. <laughs> Actually, that kind of sounds like it worked. Steals her away. Steals her Which is away. A felony. That's a that's a felony. Yep, yep. And these uh these old masons, they're just so into their ritual, they don't they don't notice. I guess Nick Cage is like Batman. And they they believe that it worked. They're like, wow, we did a ritual. It actually worked. I guess she's back in the future. I guess my granddaughter's gone. All right. <laughs> it was so, like, cartoony to me, that part. Yeah. And then she she ends up back in the present time. They actually weren't the Masons, by the way. They were, they were the Water Buffaloes. The Water Buffaloes? Is that what they were called? Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. Well, they looked like Masons, man. Backjack. She comes to, I think, in the in a hospital, in the hospital bed. And who's who's looking at her? It's Nick Cage, Crazy Charlie, and he he doesn't talk like this anymore. Right, because he's old. He's old Charlie now. I'm old. Right. And the way the way he talks, I he created two different characters. He created. Right. You know what I mean? It's not the same. Yeah. His, his uh, present day character is so different from his teenage one. Just, right. So weird. It's like, oh, I, can't, I can't live without this, That whole scene is supposed to be romantic. This is like the pivotal moment where they get back together, you know, for sure. And uh, it's just so bizarre, just the way he plays it. Well, the way he there's, talks. A reason, there's a reason for that scene not being what you would expect. 
Okay. So the entire reason he created the two different characters was to, you know, be a little bit more crazy as the kid version of himself. Oh. Crazy kids! And so, by the time they shot that final scene where he was an adult again, she mm-hmm. had enough to hear with his shit. And she didn't care anymore. Yeah. So any amount of chemistry they could have had, mm-hmm. it's just gone. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. It was... Because it would cut from, what's her name, Kathleen Turner to Nick. Kathleen Turner would say her line, and I would believe it. Like, yeah, wow, she's acting. Then it would cut to Nick. I love you. I I cannot live without you. Just like this. People thought this was good. Awful. You look like you haven't slept in days. You look so old. But happy. Very happy, Peggy. I thought I knew everything about you. I wanted to tell you that I can't. I wanted to apologize. I can't. Uh, But she finds out, I believe, that some of the things that she did when she went back in time, they actually happened, right? In the present time. So she changed the past. Not hugely. Um, like marijuana isn't completely legal or anything. <laughs> but yeah, they uh, they elope, and that's that's the end, right? Did I sum it up pretty well? But then there's uh, the after credit scene. Um, oh no! Where where they tease the the sequel, Crisis on Infinite Peggies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. All right, we got through that. I'm I'm just gonna go through some of my notes, um, just real quick. Some interesting things that I saw. Uh, Jim Carrey, we talked about. He has, I mean, I guess you wouldn't call it a cameo. He wasn't really big at the time, I don't believe. But his character annoyed the shit out of me in this movie. But it was typical Jim Carrey, so I can't be that upset. Uh, he snorts cocaine with one of Peggy's friends at the reunion. That's kind of funny. He's got his little straw in his ear, you know, behind his ear. I noticed now, now I'm going to get into briefly those things in the movie that uh, because, because of modern technology and high definition, we're able to see these things now and they stick out, man. Like at the, at the reunion, there's a band playing and the drummer is so obviously pretending to play the drums. You can hear the cymbals and everything. He's not even hitting the drum. He's pretending to hit the drum. There's no, what do you call it? Like when the when it bounces back, isn't there? Only you would notice that right away. Though. I guess, but I was like, that's that's bad, man. It's not terrible. But yeah. Let's see. You play what? The you you play a, a keyboard? Yeah, or? that's why. Yeah. Did you notice the part where Peggy Sue... So Peggy Sue's little sister, when she first sees her little sister in the past, she reacts to seeing her like she died or something. Did you notice that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It was really odd. Like, maybe that yeah. was written in there, but they took it out. But like, she for was, some reason, she feels really, really guilty that she didn't uh, spend more time with her. Yes. Yeah. That's how... Yeah. I felt that, for sure. But we don't know. But we do know that the actress who played her little sister 
is um, Francis Ford Coppola's daughter, Nick's cousin. So that's kind of an Easter egg. All right, another thing about this film, when it first opens, it actually opens to a mirror in the scene and it ends with a mirror in the scene. It's, uh, what's her name? Peggy Sue, looking in the mirror and they, she turns around and she gets up I noticed this right off the bat, man. She gets up, and in the mirror, the reflection is two different people. The, the movements don't match. It's like, what? And the same thing at the end with Nick Cage and Peggy Sue. When they move, there's a mirror, and the reflection doesn't... It doesn't even look like the actors, really. Like, they really tried. I swear, good. I'm not crazy, okay? I may have traveled through time a couple times. But I know I'm not crazy because I looked it up on IMDb and they were really proud of shooting it this way. They shot it with four actors instead of two, right? And the other two actors pretended like they were the reflection of the leads. But they sucked. <laughs> I think no one noticed it though because most people saw this movie in the 80s when it came out. And it was all fuzzy. You know, I don't know. But I, I mean, they were probably on so much cocaine that... You yeah. Know. They probably tripped out when they saw that. I mean, it was the 80s. All that time marijuana. Time marijuana. That's what... That's Wouldn't that be funny if that's what Richard Norvick or whatever his name is? Uh, that, that's what he did. He started a time travel marijuana company. <laughs> but his his scenes made me think of Donnie Darko. There were, there were parts of this movie that uh, it felt like it was really trying to trip you out. Like uh, when she first when she first goes back in time, she's not sure what's happened. She thinks that maybe she's dead or something. And there, are, I remember she's walking down the hallway and she sees a balloon from the reunion in the school in the past. You know, it was kind of like an anchor to the past. And I thought that that was really thoughtful to have some of these elements in the movie that um, kind of made it seem like there was a deeper meaning to it when in fact it's really more of like a light-hearted romance. Does that make sense? Like they, they were trying to go kind of Twilight Zone or something. But they, I think they cut a lot of it out, or I, I don't know. Yeah, I thought I thought it was kind of strange that they, I mean, Peggy Sue throughout the movie is doing a lot of things that would probably actually very seriously affect the fabric of our reality. Yeah, and it's, just kinda, <laughs> and it's just kind of played off like, oh yeah, you no, know, yeah. she's like fucking with the timeline, like, right? Like, how many ripples throughout the time-space continuum is that going to... Yeah, totally. I don't know. All, I can just tell you that in this film, I thought there were a lot of good performances, but this is a movie, again, we've seen this before, where, in my opinion, Nick Cage ruined it. <laughs> uh, in the best possible way. But his scenes, uh, he had no direction or filter or it was it was kind of like a, the deadfall approach where it's like nick wear what you want say what you want we'll make it work man and uh, apparently it did at the time 
was a, I believe, a pretty successful movie. So, but that's just my opinion. I, I feel like if you want some good comedy, watch it for Nick Cage's scenes. Definitely. Any final thoughts on this one? We'll move into Raising Arizona soon. So, what did you think? Um, I don't know. I just, uh, I didn't, uh, I don't know. I didn't really love the movie. It was okay. Yeah. It was okay. It was whatever. What did you think about Cage? What did I think about Cage? I, th- I thought that he was uh, annoying. Just the... <laughs> I really hope that she was not going to want him in the end, and she did. Did that ruin the whole thing for you? No, no, because, I, I mean, uh, that was a long time ago, and Kathleen Turner's way too old for me, so, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that sums that up. Anyone else with uh, final thoughts? Peggy got, Peggy, Peggy got Sue married? Peggy got Sue married. Peggy got Sue married. Mary Sue got pegged. Mary Sue got pegged. <laughs> So I was I was just looking through through my notes and uh, I didn't see one other thing the uh, the voice thing how she didn't like it she actually approached Uncle Francis about it okay to, to try to get him to uh, not sound so ridiculous yeah and uh, Uncle Francis just didn't do anything about it it's like it's fine just yeah. let him do what he's gonna do isn't that crazy. <laughs> I mean, you can't make this up. Nope. It's real. Sorry, cat. No can do. It's nope. so strange that Francis Ford Coppola was cool with it, left it in, <laughs> and the lead actress couldn't stand it. Yeah. She begged for him not to use the voice, and she was nominated for an Academy Award for this movie. People liked it, and when I watched it, I was like, why is he talking in that voice? Yeah. It's ridiculous. He's probably just like, I don't want to have this fucking conversation again. (laughs) (laughs) I've told him so many times. Just let him do it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He's probably like, Kathleen, if we have to talk about this one more time, um, I'm going to have to make you disappear for real. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry, Nick. I'm sorry. Let's go into Raising Arizona. We ready for that flick? Oh, yeah. Raising Arizona, Coen Brothers movie came out. I don't have it up on IMDb right now, but... um, 1987. 1987. Uh, Where is... The Raising Arizona Nick List. Nick Cage steals a baby for his barren wife. That is a white child. That is Caucasian from the mountains of Caucasus. Nick Cage looks at the cover of a Playboy magazine and exclaims, Oh. <laughs> That's actually that's that's all I that's all I put on there. Yeah. 
there's there's a lot of good Nick Cage in this, but uh, there really are. But that uh, stuck out to me. Oh yeah, Kevin. Yeah. Hey. Can you give a brief summary of raising Ari uh, the Arizona raisins? I mean, raising Arizona. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can. Tell me. Us. Time to the right. The first time I met Ed was in the county lockup in Tempe, Arizona. You're a flower, you are. A day I'll never forget. I do. You bet I do. Okay then. My lawless years were behind me. Our child-rearing years lay ahead. But <laughs> biology conspired to keep us childless. You go right back up there and get me a toddler. I need a baby hide. I got more than I can handle. At the time, Ed's little plan seemed like the solution to all our problems. And the answer to all our prayers. He's beautiful. What? Are you kidding? We got us a family here. I want Nathan Jr. back. What's his name? Ed Jr. Hi, Jr. So far, we've just been using Jr. We call him Jr. <laughs> Hold on, Nathan. We're gonna go pick up Daddy. I'll be taking these huggies and uh, whatever cash you got. <laughs> you busted out of jail. We released Rashad on our own recognizance. What Double here is trying to say is we felt the institution no longer had anything to offer us. <gasps> we got a child now. Everything's changed. Yeah! Where's Junior? Who the hell are you? I'm a fan. We're absolutely going to get him back. This ain't no question about that. Give me that baby, you warthog from hell! <laughs> and you want to know another thing? I'm going to be a better person from here on out. Let's go get Nathan Jr. Raising Arizona. A comedy beyond belief. Well, it ain't Ozzy and Harriet. So the movie starts out that it's uh, Nick Cage doing the narration at the beginning. And he basically says that uh, how he was able to get money at first was he was he was uh, robbing convenience stores. And he did that for, for a little while until he uh, until he got arrested Damn pretty it, quickly, actually. So each time he's uh, when he gets booked, he when he gets fingerprinted and, and when, when he gets the... Uh, Oh God! What's that called? The uh, mugshot. When he gets his yeah. mugshot, he it's it's the same cop every time. It's Ed Edwana. Yeah. This uh, this cop that ends up doing it, and then eventually he has a vision, and I can't remember why. Why he all of a sudden decides that he wants. Well, actually, yeah, this is what happens. The last time he gets arrested uh, at the beginning of the movie was he. Uh, she she's crying one time when he gets arrested, and apparently her fiance had broke had broken up with her or whatever. They they had broken up, so yeah, my fiance, my fiance, my fiance, yeah, left me. So he pretty much tells her, like, baby, we're 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 gonna we're gonna run off together after I get out of this joint. But so. uh he goes in. Uh, 
and, and but when he gets it's pretty much skips to when he gets out and then they end up getting married and uh, then they then they start fucking for a while trying to get a uh, baby made and uh, she finds out she's barren I'm and uh, barren then then uh, barren they, Trump? they see barren Trump they see in the news that um, this uh, local <laughs> this local car guy, uh, car car salesman, so Nathan now, Arizona, Arizona. Um, and his wife have quints, and, and uh, they decide that um, five kids Arizona. for somebody that's just too many to handle. And for one thing, that and and, and I mean that's uh, who needs five kids at once. Um, what's yeah. one taken away from five? So, four. They decide. They devise a plan <laughs> to uh, to go and and kidnap uh, one of the quints. And uh, so that's what they do eventually. Even though it took took uh, H.I. High. Which his name Nick Nick Cage's name in the movie is High, and then his his wife is Ed Edwana, but Ed, yeah. So High High takes a baby finally, and uh, that ends up being uh, so they take the baby, and then eventually there's a rans there's a not a ransom but a but uh, there's a reward, and then. Uh, High has a dream of of a biker yes. that bounty bounty hunter bounty hunter biker and uh, he come he comes to uh, that that guy's real though he comes to uh, Nathan Arizona and ends up uh, uh, well he tell tells Nathan Arizona that he'll he'll find whoever took the baby or whatever but he but he needs. Uh, at the ransom was like twenty five thousand, I believe, uh-huh. and it ends up. And he says, "Oh, I need fifty thousand or whatever." But, uh, and in the meantime, in the meantime, a couple of uh, well, while they're trying to take care of this baby, high and and Ed, a couple of his buddies from uh, prison where he had been, bust out, and track him down and and end up showing up at his place at High's place mm-hmm. and uh, so his wife's not very keen on that so she's like well they can stay for a couple days and then they gotta get their shit and get out uh, who wears the pants in this relationship yeah exactly so uh, so the bounty hunter starts uh, bounty hunting starts bounty hunting and s- smells his way around even though he can't breathe through his nose if you hear him talk. Interesting. He must be doing the lip curl. Where? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's how animals tell if each other are in estrus. Um, the, so when, when, when uh, the, two es- the two convicts, escaped convicts from prison... Which has got John Goodman, one of them, and the other one I don't—he's not very—he's not as famous, but he—but anyway, their names are Gale and Evel. Is it yeah, Evel? Evel. Yeah. William Forsyth. 
that plays him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They end up um, overhearing that uh, High's brother-in-law comes over and he found out, he finds out, yeah, that ain't their kid, that they, that this kid's been missing. And uh, they, over, they overhear this conversation outside and they think that High and Ed took this kid for the ransom and they they want in on this but they also uh, conjure up a plan and they try to get High to uh, rob a bank with them but when High won't do that they decide they're just gonna take this kid for the ransom mm-hmm. and then also rob the bank but when and they do take the kid and which they all call Junior because they assume that it's Nathan Junior, which they assume. So they they go to rob this bank. At in the meantime, uh, this bounty hunter is really close to uh, to getting to High and Ed, and both of these things kind of coincide. Um, but when, when Gail and Evel leave the bank, they leave the bank and they find they they realize that, oh shit, we don't have Nathan Jr. and they had set him on top of the car, which they did earlier in an, in another scene that I didn't mention. But they they set him on top of the car and then they leave and then he ends up falling off and yeah, sits in, in the road in his car seat. But in his car seat. Yeah. And. Uh, so then they turn around. Well, before they do, they get they get sprayed with this blue paint that was like an that that the banker put in their bag of cash because it was as a as a thing to activate at a certain point for somebody that would be robbing them. Yeah. So it it blows up. I had some issues with that because every time. I've robbed a bank. I've never had something explode <laughs> like that. So. Yeah, yeah. You always get things, you always buy those things from like Walmart or some shit that there's. They say they're going to activate and blow up, and it's yeah. going to be a bunch of ink or something like right. that. They yeah, don't I've use never those anymore because now the bank can be liable if the uh, robbers get injured. Oh, as they should be. It's a whole legal issue. As they should be. Yeah. yeah, I always yeah. wondered that the bankers should not be going. If somebody steals your money, you should just ask politely for it back. And if they don't give it back to you, that's your fault for letting it be stolen in the first place. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. That's why you just steal Bitcoin. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, uh, not to go off topic, but maybe uh, Steve and Reese, you can confirm whether or not this is true. But I've heard that the police in Japan uh, use paintballs to shoot criminals so people can identify them in public this is true it's not it's not paintballs it's similar yeah it's actually um like dirty socks but like yeah blow in the dark kind you're of right stuff in them. you're right yeah like dirty cum socks basically it's like a isn't it like a sock with a ball in it or something and the sock is soaked in this stuff? Yeah. It has like ink yeah. on it and they, they, they hit you with the ball. So the ball just lightly taps you, I believe. Someone told me this before. I've never seen it, so I don't know. But someone did tell me this before. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I it's wish actually a. It, it's a sock with uh, natto in it. Which, uh, you know, for yeah. for the non non culture, this is uh, smelly fermented soybeans. Yeah, that's how. Well, that's how they figure out whether you're a foreigner or not. If you re if you recoil from it, they know you're a foreigner and it's a big deal. If uh, you turn Dirty around, gaijin. if you turn around and try to eat it, then they're a little more lenient because they know you're Japanese. I just wanted, I, I had to take a quick picture of you, Reese, because you, you froze on my screen and that picture of you was beautiful. <laughs> but now you're moving again. Oh, good. Good. You have to send that, you have to send that to me in a card. Hey, oh, I, yeah. on the subject of Bitcoins, I, dude, I know you can make a lot of money off them. And I swear to God, I have dug so many places trying to find these damn things in the ground and i i have never found a single bitcoin i'm starting to think that this whole thing is like some kind of joke i'll even go to a store walmart or goodwill or whatever and i'll be like hey do you take bitcoins and i'm like i don't know what's that i don't even know what that is it's, whoever came up with this bitcoin thing is the biggest troll since the troll that since was that guy under the bridge since troll too <laughs> This is that guy under the bridge with Billy Goat's Gruff. Yeah. It's the Billy Goat's Gruff troll. What you gotta so. do is you gotta you gotta go on the internet. You mm -hmm. gotta download the Tor browser. Okay. Uh, turn turn off your VPN. Um and uh you know uh, just start typing in some random numbers and then put dot onion and uh okay. and that way you won't get hacked. Or have uh, you know yeah. internet criminals trying to steal your information? Well, I already figured out because I heard another guy talking about it, and he said that you got to mine them. So I started going in old mines with a pickaxe trying to find these things. Nope, nothing. And then I heard these kids talking about it. Oh, okay, they're they're in Minecraft. So if you dig to the bottom level in Minecraft, there are bitcoins. But guess what? people don't know this either if you dig deep enough i spent like probably an hour one day doing this i got to the bottom of the map and you can't dig anymore the bitcoins are in the part of the minecraft map that you cannot dig through so it's well, a you, scam you just need it's a fucking a mine sweeper you need a mine sweeper right. you need an action replay I don't know what I need, get but that God mode. Bitcoins are not real. They are fake. It is a scam. Do not buy them, sell them, trade them because you cannot. That's the moral of the story. I went to a bank. I went to a... Now, I'm not admitting that I've robbed banks before. I'm not saying I've done it before. Okay? Allegedly. This is allegedly. But I went in a bank to rob it for Bitcoins. I said... Get, put the bitcoins in the bag and they said sir i don't know what those are it's a scam did you know that akon actually has his own uh currency called a coin is that for real this is this is real you can look it up oh man i'm not surprised i don't know much about bitcoins i know that but you do about akon mm -hmm. i do yeah i wonder what he's doing right now uh, I think he's in the chat, actually. I was gonna say he's probably watching uh, late night cage fight. 
Probably. I know he's planning that big anime convention in June called Akon. God. Oh, man. Uh, where you can only pay with Acoin. <laughs> That's how you get in. Didn't they get him for uh, Firefest 2? Did they? I don't know. I, Do you, it you mean like the, he'd be the a festival fit. or the, the porn version? Yes. Yes. They probably did. So anyway, while all this is going on, <laughs> uh, the uh, bounty hunter... Um, Joba Fett? Gets, Joba is, Oil is, Fett? Gets in a... Uh, comes up and finds... Uh, so he finds... Um, High and Ed, and and he gets in a fight with uh, High, and he's beating the fuck out of High. Oh yeah. But then High, all of a sudden, uh, he backs away from him, and High looks at his looks at his hand, and he's got he's pulled the ring from the uh, pulled the pin from the uh, grenade that that uh, the bounty hunter has on his vest that he carries mm -hmm. so then he blows up and he's dead definitely and let's see here where's the baby at this time the the baby it was on the road and then um uh, and ed and realized oh so then i got run over hey does that does uh you just watched this. Does Ed <laughs> does Ed get the does Ed get the baby right then, or does I'm thinking Ed gets the baby then? I think yeah. so. I think yeah. Ed gets the baby. Yeah. And uh, but then at that point, <clears throat> it's assumed that Ed realizes that how how the the real parents of the baby must feel because Ed almost lost the baby. Mm -hmm. And then they plan on, uh, they, they, they talk about it and Ed, and Ed has different feelings and she decides that the right thing to do is to return the baby. Yeah. And so they, they end up returning the baby mm -hmm. one night and, while they're returning the baby, Nathan Arizona catches them. Mm -hmm. But when he catches them, he doesn't—he doesn't call the cops or anything. Uh, and he—he he realizes, like after he realizes that she couldn't have a baby, and that's all mm -hmm. they wanted was a baby. But they—and then they ended up returning it. So he decides that. But. Everything's okay. I mean, he got what he wanted. He got the baby back, and and he didn't have to give any money out, so that's good too for him. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that's pretty much what ends up, and then uh, the movie ends with um, High having a dream of mm. of all these children mm. and grandchildren in his mm. dream that he has yeah yeah and that that's pretty much it yeah we never really know if they uh, i mean it's assumed that they're probably never going to have children uh, yeah yeah thank you for that recap kevin yeah no problem uh 
you know, it's really, it's a great setup. I think it's a great script. Uh, it's, it's really cool how they came up with this, this unique idea of um, this awkward, quirky family of a police officer who gets tangled up with this repeat offender criminal, and they're, they're very much in love, and they want to have a baby, but they can't because, of his, because she can't have kids biologically, and they can't adopt because of his high's criminal record. So they're stuck in this unique spot where really they can't have a kid at all. Really, I mean, yeah, there's like no possible way for them. And so, um, you know, they decide to steal one from a family they think doesn't really have any business having so many kids. I'm getting that baby. I'm getting a baby. Yeah. Uh... Raising Arizona. Um, Are those orca whales I'm hearing in the background? Oh. Sounds like orcas. Aren't those in danger? Sounds like whales. Yeah, you heard whales. I mean, I did hear that Japan uh, likes to kill kill whales for their blubber, which is a delicacy. Baby. It's like sea crisco. Yeah, I see it every day. I see the slaughter every day, and I see the smiles on their faces. They love it. And dolphins. Mm-hmm. Dolphins. Well, I'm just going to go out there on a limb here and say uh, Raising Arizona is a very solid film. Very well made, put together, well scripted, well acted, well cast. I, I also want to say, as far as Nick's performance, this is honestly the first movie in his career where I can say he fit the role perfectly and he played it great. There's, there's some reasons for that. Are there? I'm ready, yeah, Steve. So the, the relationship between Cage and the Cullen brothers, um, they were respectful, but they were, uh, you know, basically Cage went in with a lot of... Uh, suggestions on how they should change the film and they just ignored it really yeah not surprised yeah. Yeah. Uh, they have you know strong vision of how they wanted the film to go and uh they didn't really care what he thought are you serious but uh, but they also said that it was a lot of fun working with nick because uh-huh. um he has a fertile imagination which is a lot better than somebody that you know has to have their have kickstarted a little bit yeah. Oh. Wow. See, I think we're just we're right on the money with Cage. It's like <laughs> it's like uh, he's an actor. He's he's trained as an actor. I think he can do it well with the proper direction. But he's if you leave him to his own his own wiles, you, you don't know what you're going to get. You're just going to get cage outs and craziness, you know? Did you know that in Raising Arizona, Nicholas Cage was crazy about his Woody Woodpecker haircut and it reacted to H.I.'s stress level. The bigger the danger he was in, the bigger the wave his hair got. Really? Yeah. So did he, did he like the haircut or did he fight yeah, it? Yeah, of course he did. Who wouldn't? Yeah. 
I, I mean, for the first time, I swear to God, for the first time, the hair fit the character. Yeah. 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 I, mean, I was also kind of impressed at how, uh, from a general, how the movie went aspect, or sorry, the entire overall direction of the movie, how similar this was to uh, our Christmas special, Trapped in Paradise. It, it, it did have some of those vibes. Yeah, yeah he you're kind right. of like got turned his life around, and then, you know, some couple of buddies from, from prison get out, show up on his doorstep, uh... and rub him into a bunch of criminal shit again, even though he's already got things going on that are less than, you know, proper. Yeah. I forgot about Trapped in Paradise. Wish I was there. Wish I was there. How experienced are uh, all of you in, you know, Coen Brothers movies? I'm pretty experienced, if you ask other brothers. Just Lebowski. Lebowski. Yeah. Yeah. Fargo. I've not seen Fargo, but, uh... Yeah. We did actually, when I was in high school, we watched Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? when we were studying uh, the Odyssey. Okay. That's Coen Brothers? That's Coen mm-hmm. Brothers. Oh, Thanks. yeah, so I have seen that, too. Yeah. I actually saw uh, Hail Caesar in, in theaters back when that came out. I did not see that one. It was pretty good. You know, I've never been disappointed by a Coen Brothers movie, even though I haven't seen them all. But um, I, I admire that it's obvious they have a vision and they stick to that vision. And it shows. I mean, if you can rein in Nick Cage, that's saying something, of course. But there's always, there's always a look to their movies. There's, there's a special kind of in the cinematography, even in Raising Arizona, you can kind of see it, uh, the style. There's a real style to it. And you can, when you watch Coen Brothers movies, it just evolves and evolves until, oh brother, where art thou? I mean, it's such, stylistically, it's so great and unique and vibrant. Um, they all just, all the Coen Brothers movies just have such a unique way that they're written have kind of their own tone that sets it apart from other yeah. films kind of a more quirky yes self-aware style of writing uh and you can definitely tell you know that just the cinematography in this movie is very very well done yeah and i think that's one of the main things that sets it apart from uh Peggy Sue. Totally agree. Which I, I, I felt that the cinematography in that movie was a little bit more generic. Mm-hmm. Just overall felt like a uh, lower budget film. Yeah. There were a few scenes that I thought were cool. Cinematographical, speaking, like when she first goes to her home in the past you see the camera move into the door and I thought that was cool um, stuff like that I get I thought the the way they set up the shots in the fake Masonic temple was cool 
But compared to raising Arizona, though, it is, for me, there's no contender when you're talking about how it looks and how the shots are selected and set up. Just, uh, you have, like, some fisheye lens-looking stuff, and, like, when you see the doctor at the doctor's office and he's explaining with the chart, you see, like, the drawing of the women's anatomy, and it, there's a narration, so you can't hear what he's saying. But it's just, like... A doctor would never do that. The doctor would never look like that and explain it to you that way. You know, it's so kind of dreamlike and quirky, like you said. But it just works in the context of the movie. And that's what's great about Coen Brothers, is they can kind of get... I used the word cartoony earlier for, for the Peggy Sue movie, and in that context, it's just cheese. But in Coen Brothers... When I say cartoony, it's it works. It's funny. It's interesting. It's, it's explaining everything right right there. It's like quick. It, it sums it up in yeah. that scene. Right. Yeah, but visually too, it's it just catches your attention. The colors of the doctor's mm-hmm. office and stuff. Uh, the couch that they have in there. Do they live? They live in a trailer, right? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know that a, a mobilized home? Mobile home. Nothing wrong with that. But they have this couch in their living room, and uh, I swear my grandmother has that same couch. I thought that too. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. They put a lot of effort into uh, making it look believable. Yeah. Like stuff that people actually had, and they did that in Peggy Sue too. But I, I'm not as familiar with that era for sure. When we're talking, what, 1960 or whatever. Like, I don't... The cars were cool. Um, God, the music sucked. If that's what they had, Nicolas Cage singing with a bunch of other I, dudes. I, I mean, we had worse music. At least nobody was singing about, you know, Johnny Andy Queer Boy. It's, yeah, Johnny Andy Queer Boy. But, Reese, the... Uh, he didn't make it, so I mean that was part of the movie. He right. he sucked. He, That's true. You know, he was trying to be a singer, Man. and they told him he stopped. He wasn't good enough. So. I loved that little scene where he sits down with the record exec or whoever he is. He sits down after he's done singing, and he says something like, uh, "So, um, are you talking to your new client?" And the guy's like, "Ah." Oh. I'm sorry, Charlie. It's, uh, I don't know if it's, it's the lyrics or... And then he just gets so depressed. He gets this look on his face like, yep, I'm going to do it tonight. I'm going to finally do it tonight. <laughs> I'm just... I'm, I'm trying to highlight the bad acting there. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know anything else about Raising Arizona. All the performances are great. I think the actress... Sorry. Go ahead. No, I have, I have one more t- note, trivia note, but it's not really about the movie specifically. It just kind of happened during the same time. Okay. Um, hold, hold one second. 
I need to make sure I get this right. Nicolas Cage was in both movies. He was. He was in both movies. You're right, actually. I, I was wrong. I can give you some trivia. There's a scene in Peggy Sue where she's with Richard, where Peggy Sue is with Richard and tries to get him to go into a store to buy pantyhose to prove that pantyhose hasn't been invented yet, I believe. That's right. And in Raising Arizona, Nicolas Cage wears pantyhose on his head to rob a, a store. Well, this was in the 50s versus the... Thank God for Peggy Sue. Well, I'm just mentioning the pantyhose. I'm not saying that... Oh. Yeah, I'm not saying that there's... Some so, uh, Sam Murray, the guy that played Glenn, and Nick were uh, out of a diner together when an excited female fan came up to their table. Uh-huh. And uh, once she was finally convinced that the person she was looking at was actually Nick, uh-huh. she asked them for an autograph. Uh, so he wrote on a co- cocktail napkin, uh, tomorrow you will die, Nick Cage. For real? Yeah. God, I love Nicolas Cage. Tomorrow you will die. That's Tomorrow you will die. That's brave. That's what she gets for not wrecking, for not just being immediately convinced that he was. Yeah. Him. How do you not know? Yeah. How would you not know? Nick Cage walked in right now. One can dream. What were you doing? Looking for Nick Cage? Yeah. Sometimes I see people out that window, and you know, I like to. Look at their faces and oh. <laughs> face off. Uh, the the lady, the nice actress lady who played Ed, I thought was excellent and really yeah. just even though she she uh, plays this kind of normal looking person, she's still beautiful. In it. You know, this uh, this movie was actually the inspiration for uh, a lot of Matthew McConaughey's characters. This is one of his favorite movies. Is it? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. I need a baby. Hi, I'm I need a baby. Gotta have a baby. I love how she talks. Can we can can we talk about the give me a baby? Can we talk about the uh, the the Mad Max uh, vibes of the yeah. bounty hunter? I didn't understand the whole bounty hunter thing. My first thought when the bounty hunter was introduced and he said like I've unleashed something, I thought it was like a premonition of the future for for Nathan Jr. that he was going to grow up to become this this biker. Oh man! Because they were such terrible parents or something. That was that was my first instinct. That's good. I don't know why he showed up. Yeah. Yeah, I think I thought that too. Now that you say that. Yeah, because like none of the timing really seemed right as far as like the way the scenes cut. Because the bounty hunter, I didn't know what he was doing. What was his purpose? Like, how did he? Did he show up chasing the guys that broke out of prison? Yeah. Or was he after the baby all along? Right. Yeah, I felt like there was something missing there. To add a little bit more context, it was cool. Actually, when uh, when he was fighting Nick Cage, I thought this was kind of it was um, it was like a prequel to Mandy. Like Mandy, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Nick Cage blew that son of a bitch up with his own grenade. 
Just like Mandy. <laughs> yeah. And then he looked that at the camera and he said, uh, he said, what's your favorite planet? <laughs> <laughs> That's referencing Mandy. Yeah. So it's Silver Surfer. Silver Surfer? Oh, yeah. yeah. He eats planets, right? Yeah. That's what he said. Silver Surfer. So for me, it's obvious. For me, uh, my vote is Raising Arizona uh, as the winner. If you want to fight me, you can. I thought that uh, Nick Cage actually did great acting, and he also did um, had like some Cage outish moments, but they, they he didn't break character at all. And then, of course, overall, it's just a good movie. It's it's so much more watchable than Peggy Sue because I watched Peggy Sue twice and had a lot of trouble getting through it the second time. Yeah, yeah Peggy Sue kind of, it started to lose my attention. Uh-huh. I don't know. I mean, it, it just kind of seemed a little aimless. Aimless. Yeah. See, I'm on the other hand. I think Peggy Sue was the winner for me because... Raising Arizona was predictable. You knew what was going to happen. You knew the direction of the movie the whole time. But Penny Sue, I, I didn't really know what was going to happen. Okay. And every time Nick was on screen, I was just kind of on the edge of my seat. of like, what is he going to do now? Yeah. So there was a lot more interest, and, and mm-hmm. it drew me in a lot more. I can understand that. Because every scene with Cage is just like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, you don't know what's going to happen. It's just like... Yeah. I also think that it he's in it he's in it a lot, and he's in it in the last scene, even. Right. So, I understand, but that, that just means, Kevin, you're going to... You're the one to decide whether we have a winner or it's a tie. So, what do you think, Sean? I think it's got to be Raising Arizona. I, I felt it was just the stronger film, personally. I may be a little bit biased because I like the, the Coen brothers, but I just I thought it was a stronger film overall. Yeah, that's where I'm coming from, too. I might be biased as well, although I did enjoy The Cage Cage Rage in uh, Peggy. But um, I just really liked... I, the The reason I'm going to say Raising Arizona is, like I said before, I felt like this was his first movie in the chronology where I was like, man, he's really good in this. Really good. Yeah, Stephanie, I'd, Steve? I, I, I'd say Raising Arizona just because uh, it's so much more watchable. I, I I don't want to watch Peggy Sue got married again. I'm glad they watched it again. Steve will watch it again for all of us. Yeah. All right. Well, that seals the deal, boys. The Arizona Raisins will go into the final match. Well, sorry, Steve. Are you pissed? Sorry. It's all right. No, I'll, I'll survive. 
I'll survive. Uh, it's good to learn, yeah. but... What would have happened? Yeah. What, what would have happened, Reese, if I would have said Peggy Sue? In that we'd case, we'd have we'd have much more of a battle because we'd have to we'd have to come out of this with a clear cut winner. There would have been a breaker tie. Yeah, I mean, there would have been ideally, but I mean, it's getting late, so I probably would have just said, okay, both movies are going to be in the final running because I I ain't got time for this. We, you know what we we could have done like um, a rock paper scissors tournament between all four of us. But there's a freaking lag, man. I know one of huh? you. There's a there's a bit of a lag. I mean, you lose. Lag. <laughs> right. There's a lag, so you're lagging even more. Bit of a lag. I think yeah. we'd have to impeach Steve. Oh. Uh, yes. From the cage panel. I like that. No witnesses allowed. No, no witnesses allowed. Yeah. I don't know, man. The cage panel's so weak already. I don't know if we can handle to lose Steve. Oh, God. <sighs> Why would you say that? So, I don't remember. Was, was, uh, in... Oh, no, 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 it wasn't. I couldn't remember who the guys were in uh, Trapped in Paradise. Nick's mm -hmm. brothers, right? Who are the actors? Dana Carvey and um, mm -hmm. John Lovitz. Yeah. Okay. okay. And I didn't even watch it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, well, just it was ironic it. for me, I guess, that even though they were different actors, they had very much the same similar vibes to them. Where like you know John Goodman was like the 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 huskier the the mover and everything and the other guy was the, the you know the Weasley right you know they both had a very similar look and yeah. feel to their characters and spanning what 20, 10, 20 years apart I definitely think you're onto something whether it's a trend or I don't know if it's the same screenwriter. I think the, the Coen brothers wrote Raising Arizona as well. So Yeah, they did. In three and a half months. Yeah. It's interesting the similarities. For sure. Um, but I really I I definitely liked Goodman and Forsyth. Uh, I, I thought that they were uh, their performance was Funny how they overreacted to things. I really loved the scene where John Goodman emerges from the mud, having escaped from prison. Oh! It's just so over the top. And then he reaches back into the mud hole and pulls this leg out. And and it's uh, I think it's a metaphor, right? It's kind of like they're being born, reborn, birth. Which is something that, right, uh, uh, Ed cannot do. Mm. So, I thought there was some thought put into that. Weren't they coming from the sewer? Yeah, they were. And, they were covered in uh, fecal fecal matter. Right, and they go to that bathroom, and they don't even try to clean themselves. All they do is put hair gel in, pomade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. They're Dapper Dan, man. Dapper Dan. 
You want to know something that, I don't know if it's because it's so late, or I'm just this stupid, but every time we say Coen Brothers, I think of the um, Wachowski sisters. Are they, are they going to be involved in the new Matrix movie that's coming out? No idea. I know Keanu is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think they have everybody back. Man. Except uh, the guy that plays Agent Smith, because oh. he just kind of seems like a dick. Yeah. He said he couldn't do he it. He wouldn't even come back as Red Skull. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. I'm done with these movies. Hey, how many Pollocks does it take to screw in a light bulb? Three. What was the punchline? That's right. Takes three. That actually wasn't a joke. That was just a question from the uh, 2020 uh, Ohio graduation test uh, math portion. Uh, say census. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is a really good question. So. Yeah. Well, raising Arizona is our winner. Arizona was raised in High's dream. He became a football star, apparently. So yeah, thank you guys, Sean, Kevin, Steve. <coughs> For this edition of Late Night Cage Fight. It was a pleasure, as always. You're so very welcome. Yeah. What are we watching next? What are we watching next, Steve? Moonstruck and Vampire's Kiss. <gasps> Is it really? <laughs> yeah. It might be, actually. <sighs> and I was actually thinking, uh, since I'm kind of playing catch-up, yeah. I may actually go back and watch the previous movies. All right. Can I just tell you, just skip Cotton Club. Save your sanity. <laughs> no, no, no. It, watch it. It's great. Well, you're not going to be great. able to find it, for one. You have to... Um, you can find it. Can't I uh, go to uh, your grandmother's house and... Uh... Yeah, she's got it. She's got yeah, a VHS. Yeah. By the way, it was her That's birthday. That's the best place to watch it. It was yeah. her birthday yesterday, so happy birthday, Mimo. Yeah. Happy birthday, Mimo. Happy birthday, Mimo. I guess I'll forgive you for liking Cotton Club. Saying it. <laughs> that was a great movie. I know, I know. I haven't, I haven't brought it up with her yet because I don't want to hurt her feelings. I still want to be able to respect her. <laughs> yeah, and he wants, he wants to still be able to respect her. Yeah. Um. All right. That I just that's admirable, John. Totally. If you want to go back and watch, you haven't watched Valley Girl. It's definitely not. it's it's entertaining. Oh, yeah. You'll like it. Yeah, I've actually only seen birdies so far. I almost feel like if you're if you're gonna go back and watch all the movies, we should just have like a special catch up. Yeah. Sean catch up. Get your up. opinions on the previous movies. Sounds good to me. Yeah, that'd be good. Uh, yeah, but at least give us give it, you know, something to talk about and pretty good material. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. We can do that. Uh yeah, that's cool. I mean you don't you don't have to. But if you do, um, we could work that in. Have a special episode or half episode. So, yeah. I, I'd just like to say, uh, looking at the chronology, somebody decided to make a movie uh, about 9-11 starring Nicolas Cage. I wonder if that person still has a job. That's going to be a 
an interesting episode for us. Yeah. I've seen it too. I think I have as well. And it's not great. Is that actually going to be... I think that episode is going to be The Wicker Man versus World Trade Center. That's going to be a tricky one. <laughs> That's going to be <laughs> awesome. Mm, it's only going to get better. Wow. So yeah, next is Moonstruck. Well, it's either and... that or it's... What? It's either that or Ant Bully versus World Trade Center. <laughs> I mean, we could always mash, mash it up a little bit. We could do, you know... Yeah. World War. That would versus be good. World Trade Center. That's good, yeah. I actually like that. Yeah. Yeah. They're pretty close. Alright, well, this is uh, the cue to cut the stream, so... I gotta end it here and say Alright. Alright, thanks for joining us. Late night cage fight. Catch us next time. Take care.